0: Let's grab our Bibles, and you just turn wherever you think you ought to turn. We'll see if you're flowing. Praise the Lord. <laughs> now I'll go to Second Peter, and we'll start with chapter 3. We'll pray first. Lord, we love You. Thank You for Your goodness and Your mercy. Thank You for dying for us. We're in awe that You'd give Your life for us. Help us comprehend the hour that we live, Lord, that we would walk. We'd walk as we ought to walk. Help us accelerate. I ask You for a renewal, a renewal of graces, a renewal of, of vision a renewal of boldness, a renewal of grace to accelerate, Father, to run our race. We look unto you, Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. We thank you for helping us walk in the full measure of what you left us 2,000 years ago. And Father, we see You high and lifted up. Jesus, we see You high and lifted up with Your train filling the temple. Give us a glimpse today of Your glory. Give us a glimpse of, uh, of Your honor that, that is due You. So we see You today, Jesus. We magnify You. We glorify You. Be, be lifted up in every verse we get into that, Jesus, You'll be the focal point of it. We thank You for that, Lord. In Jesus' wonderful name, everybody said amen. amen. Now when it comes to end time preaching, you know, Jesus rebuked the crowd because they didn't know their hour of their visitation. He said, hey, you can tell what the weather's going to be, but you don't realize the time of your visitation. He only rebuked the crowd one time. He rebuked the Pharisees over and over and over and over again, but the one time He rebuked the crowd is not knowing the time. Why would He want us to hear about end times? Why would He want us to know where we are? Uh, we were talking about it last night. Tell a, tell a football player, tell a quarterback, don't, don't, don't look at the play clock when there's two minutes left. No, it's so critical because you can drop a pass at the beginning of the game, but when there's two minutes left, you can't drop a pass. Right. So, so the plays are cr- crucial. They're more critical. So the time we live is just a critical time. So that means we got to pay attention to how close we are because we got to pick up the pace. None, not one person in here would ever do this, but we have a tendency to put off doing what we need to do. <laughs> why mow the grass today? We can mow it tomorrow, right? None of us would ever do that. But, but when, you're, when you're running down, when the clock's running down, you can't put things off. Right. No. So, let's look at how close we are. So, grab your Bibles there, and we'll look at uh, uh, 2 Peter chapter 3. Now, why would we get into this? Paul talked about the baptism 12 times, coming of the Lord 52 times for every verse there is about the first coming of the Lord eight times more about the second coming so every verse about the first coming eight times more about the second coming so it's a it's a known fact jesus died raised from the dead and he's coming back so watch peter say some things here in second peter chapter three he admonishes us in verse one of chapter three this second epistle, beloved, I love that. Three times in this chapter He calls you beloved. Because He's not mad at you, not frustrated with you, not ticked off at you. Amen. He looks at you this way. Don't, don't look at yourselves in the Gospels. I love the Gospels, but Jesus hadn't been raised from the dead yet. And once He's raised from the dead, the tone changes. Right. Yeah. Amen. Amen. It changes because uh, you're His beloved. So look here. Now I write unto you, in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance, that you'd be mindful of the words that were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandments, and of the commandments of us and the apostles, the Lord and Savior. Knowing this first, they'll come in the last days, scoffers, walking after their own lust, saying, where is the promise of His coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. So He tells you the climate, people will be scoffing, and He tells you what they'll say. Hey, where's the promise of His coming? We've been hearing that. And that's kind of crept over into the church. Well, I've been hearing the Lord's coming back all my life, and I haven't seen Him. The reason why you've been hearing that is because He's coming back. Yeah. <laughs> and my mother used to scare me so bad as a kid. We got in this in 1970. We got baptized in the Holy Ghost. And you know, every night, Jesus is coming tonight. And I'd go, oh, I love you, Lord. I mean, she, she'd freak me out because she convinced you with those wild eyes that the rapture is going to be that night. You know what I'm saying. You know that look from your mom. The rapture's happening tonight. Well, she did that to scare you, but you either respond with humility or haughtiness. So you have a a way to respond to that. Humility would say, Lord, I love you. Haughty's like, I don't believe that. Well, he said the climate, people will be saying, I don't believe that. Well, look at the next verse. The next verse clears it up for you. For this they willingly are ignorant, that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and they are standing out of the water and in the water. Basically, they forgot change came. The flood came when no one believed a change is coming. So that same attitude is right now. No, things are never going to change. Well, the, the world's never coming to an end. Jesus is come back, going to come back and save the world. But the attitude is, ah, everything's going to keep right on going. Well, change came when no one believed a change was coming. I would have loved to have seen the tone of Noah's voice. I don't think Noah got up on the ark and said, hey, is everybody doing all right? Is everything cool? I bet Noah was a preaching machine. And then all of a sudden you saw the animals get lined up. Even if they thought Noah was crazy when the animals started lining up, they probably thought something's up. I mean, I can hardly get my dog to jump in the truck, much less getting a whole bunch of animals to line up and get on a boat. Could you imagine herding cats? Come on, think about that. Come on, boys, let's get on the boat. No. Well, so so even nature had to shock them as he was preaching, but still they didn't believe. So change came. It's sad that Hollywood has more of a sense of change than the church they got movies about zombies. they got movies about the walking dead. I can't believe people watch that stuff, because see, there is a resurrection coming. They sense it, but don't know how to interpret it. Vampire movies, zombies, walking dead, because Jesus is about to come back. So, so God's so sweet here. He, he says He's not willing that any should perish, but He gives us some words here. When you think about end times, watch what He says in verse 17. You, therefore, beloveds, He calls you His beloved again, verse 17. You, therefore, beloved, seeing you know these things before, He said, beware, Lest you also being led away with the error of the wicked fall from your own steadfastness. So he tells us here, don't be led away with the error of the wicked. The error of the wicked says all things are going to continue. They're not going to continue. There's a change coming. There's a change coming. Even the haughtiness of man will be laid low. And there's a seven year period called the tribulation. We think of it as judgment. Really, it's the mercy of God to put pressure on people to make a decision. They're going to have fireworks for seven years because the haughtiness needs to be changed. So so what a time to be living when all these verses are coming to pass. They're getting the the earth ready for that seven year period. So he says, make sure you don't fall from your own steadfastness. Six times the Bible talks about the rapture of the church. It tells you to be steadfast. How can you fall away from something you're not there in the first place? What I love is heaven's already spoken about you. Uh, the Lord's already seen you. Daniel prophesied about you. He said you'd know your God, you'd be strong, and you would do exploits. And that wonderful heaven didn't say the church's going to be weak and dead. No, He said the church's going to be strong. Amen. Going to know our God. Come on, a lot of people know the word of God, but not the God of the word. You get to know the God of the word. You mock lack, you mock disease, you get bold. Come on, come on. He redeemed you from the curse of the law. He's not trying to redeem you. You are redeemed. Amen. A doubter often prays for things they already possess. Mm. Oh, wow, that went over real good. I think, I, I think I'll do Elvis on that one. Here we go. Wow. Now, now who said that? T.L. Osborne. So, so you're that group. You're that strong group that God's raised up to be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Why do I say all that? Because the Lord's about to come back. So He admonishes us here to be strong. So go over to Isaiah and we'll look at this for just a minute, and then we'll get into all the signs. We'll get into there's about fifty, so we'll do about maybe ten or fifteen, but they're so clear and so good, it shows us how close we are. Now the rapture of the church is signless, but the second coming has tons of signs. So if we can look at all these signs, we can tell how close we are. So go here to Isaiah for a minute, and let's look at this. This is the reason why the devil hates prophecy. Look at Isaiah 46. Look at verse nine. It's page eight nineteen if you got a Bible like mine. He goes in verse nine of Isaiah 46. Remember the former things of old. I'm God, there's none else. I'm God, there's none like me. Declaring the end from the beginning. And from the ancient times, things that are not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand, and I will do all my pleasure. He said, this is how you can tell I'm God. I'm going to tell you what's going to happen before it happens. Mm. (laughs) No other book can tell you that. You can talk to a Buddhist, you can talk to a Muslim, their book doesn't give you future. Sorry, their dad's not God. Amen. I was preaching in Bangkok, and there was an elderly Thai minister about 85 years old. He was dancing in the Holy Ghost, preaching on the foundations of faith. And he goes, you know what? I died, and they, they defibrillated me. And guess who the first person I met in hell was? Buddha. What? Yeah, first person. Didn't meet Jesus in hell because Jesus didn't stay there. He went there, but he, he, was, he, was, he conquered and got out of there. Amen. So now watch. God's, God's telling us it's the only time in the Bible you'll see this. This is what brings him authenticity. He can tell you future before it happens. Ezekiel prophesied the year Israel will be made a nation. Gabriel told Daniel the year Jesus came the first time. To the, to the year came exactly as He said. Listen to this. Let me read you this. This is a ton of info, but run with me mentally for a second, okay? Listen to the first ten names of guys in the Bible, and watch how cool God is. Adam means man. Seth means appointed. Enos means mortal. Canaan means sorrow. Mahelial means the blessed God. Jared means shall come down. Enoch means teaching. Methuselah means his death brings. Lamech means despairing. And Noah means rest. Put all those names together. Man is appointed mortal with sorrow. The blessed God shall come down teaching that his death brings a despairing rest. You have the entire plan of redemption with the first ten names of guys in the Bible. Because he said, I'm God. I'll tell you what's going to happen before it happens. So we can trust Him. So that's why the devil hates prophecy. <laughs> because a third of this book is prophecy. Uh-huh. I remember uh, the flawlessness of the first coming. I was witnessing to a Navy SEAL one time. Listen to the flawlessness of the first coming, and we're going to get to all the signs. Listen to the math of this, okay? It was prophesied he'd be born in Bethlehem of the tribe of Judah. He would be preceded by a messenger. He'd enter into Jerusalem on a colt. He'd be given away for 35 pieces of silver. They'd gamble over his robe, they'd pierce him in his side, he'd wear a crown of thorns. Uh, they, he, they would be crucified between two thieves. This is the amazing one. It would get dark in the middle of the day while he's on the cross. You know what the odds are of all those prophecies coming to pass? It's 78 trillion times another billion times another trillion. It's 78 with 43 zeros afterwards. Even in science, after so many zeros, it's absurd to think that it happened by chance. So, God said it, and it came to pass. I'm 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 witnessing this Navy Seal, and he said, well, they read those prophecies and brought them to pass. I said, an eclipse? I said, wait a minute. (laughs) They made the moon go right in front of the sun at the perfect time when Jesus is dying on the cross? So, if you don't want to believe, you won't believe. So, look how hard headed that is. So, God put these prophecies in here, so we can look at it and go, wow, God said that and it came to pass. God said that and it came to pass. So, you're living when all of these prophecies are coming to pass. I mean, how wild to be that group when verse after verse after verse after verse is coming to pass. So let's get into it. Grab your Bibles there and buzz over to, go to Luke, go to Luke chapter 21, and we'll start here with the signs, and we'll just get into them because they're so an- amazing how close we are. Because uh, you, you get into this and things are happening every single week. I was in Israel last year and the Jordanian government came out with a, with a thing in the news, Israel can't buy any more land in Petra. They're buying too much land in Petra. That's not a big deal to them, but it freaked me out. Why? Because the Bible says Israel goes into Petra for safety midway through the trib. Right. So Israel, Israel's been buying land up secretly and don't even know why. Okay, it's a real dry area. It's very arid. There's no no water. I watched the video of water pouring out of the side of a rock forming a river about the size of this building. So God's already got them water before they get there. Woo. I mean, there's, there's tangible thing after tangible thing after tangible thing happening that point to the coming of the Lord. You have ISIS that tried to, to dam up the Euphrates River twice. Now, that freaked me out. Why is that a big deal? The Bible says the Euphrates River runs dry at the second coming so the kings of the east can come over. So, you got physical, tangible things happening that are pointing to what's going to happen after we leave. So we're very, very blessed. So let's watch Jesus get really clear here because He's going to give us some information here that makes it super easy. So go here to Luke 21. Grab your Bibles there and buzz to Luke 21 and go over to verse 24. They'll fall by the edge of the sword and shall be led away captive unto all nations. And Jerusalem shall be trodden down or overthrown of the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. Now that's pretty radical. Jesus basically said, hey, you can tell times up when the Jews get Jerusalem back. When did that happen? 1967. That's called the Six Day War. At the end of six days of human history, Jerusalem gets won back. The miracles that happen are absolutely astounding. I mean, so Jesus ties timing to a city, Jerusalem. Remember, if you live west of Jerusalem, you read left to right. If you live east of Jerusalem, you read right to left. Everything goes back to that piece of real estate. You go up on the Temple Mount, there's flies everywhere. Beelzebub, Lord of the Flies. He wants that spot where Jesus is going to reign forever. <laughs> the devil's so stupid. Uh, he puts a mosque everywhere the Lord did something important. There's a mosque right there. What happened? That's where Jesus was raised from the dead. There's a mosque right there. What happened? That's where the ascension was. There's a mosque right there. What happened? That's where he was beaten. The devil's so stupid. He thinks he can cover up where Jesus did something cool. All he did was give you a tour guide. <laughs> you, you don't, you don't even have to anybody tell you. So you go, there's a mosque. Something cool must have happened right there. You can go up on the Temple Mountain and in Arabic in the temple, in the, in the Dome of the Rock, it says there is no Son of God, there is no Son of God, there is no Son of God. Because there is a Son of God. His yeah. name is Jesus. <laughs> Amen. So tangible, physical things. Jesus tied to Jerusalem being won back. The miracles that happened, you know, I won't take the time to go through all of them, but a couple of them. The f- coolest one probably is 88 Egyptian tanks are barreling down on Jerusalem. And this one Israeli cook, he said, you know what, if I'm going to die, I'm going to go out with a bang. He jumps in a tank, doesn't even know how to fire the shells, grabs the shells, loads them into the turret or however you do it, you know, and starts firing shells at these 88 Egyptian tanks. Next thing you know, after, after all night shelling at them, the Egyptian commander comes out with a white flag. He said, I'm here to surrender the highest ranking officer. And the Israeli guy goes, highest ranking officer? It's just me. <laughs> And again, the guy goes, no, it's not just you. All night, the countryside has been filled with tanks with men dressed in white. You've been shelling us all night, and we can't take it anymore. It's called a miracle. You can, you can YouTube that. You can Google it. You can see the guy that actually did that. And he said, you know what? We don't even believe in this stuff, but something happened. He doesn't even believe after it happened, much less before. <laughs> So, so, it's called a miracle. The Six-Day War happened, and the Jews got Jerusalem back. I mean, it, when I was there last year, it, the newspaper came out, the Saudi Arabian newspaper came out and said, we still don't understand how Israel won the Six-Day War and attributed it to those men dressed in white on the front of the tanks. They wouldn't call them angels, but that's what it was, was angels. Miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle, because time's up. Yeah. Okay, so 67... Pay attention to 67, because remember, uh, one Jubilee later, 50 years, Jerusalem has the embassy moved to Jerusalem from Tel Aviv. So, all these things are flawlessly timed. We'll get into it here a little bit more. Watch him get even clearer. So, that's a pretty big deal, and we'll look at more stuff about it here in a second. But look at verse 29. The Lord gives them a parable. What's a parable for? To make what He had just said make more sense, because that is pretty bold to go, duh, when you see this one back, time's up. So, watch what He says here. He says, look at the fig tree in all the trees. We know the fig tree is the nation of Israel, all the trees of the prophetic nations around Israel, they're all altered. Their names are different. But watch what he says here. So cool. He makes it super, super clear. When they now shoot forth their bud, you see and know of your own selves that summer our harvest is nigh at hand. Likewise, in the same manner, and just as bold as you are about that, he says, when you see these things come to pass, know that the kingdom of God is nigh at hand. Now, That's pretty cool there. He said, when you see these things, what things? Israel made a nation? Jerusalem went back. He's talking about the fig tree budding, and he's getting more clarity to Jerusalem being one back. He said, when you see these things, you can know something. Didn't say sense. didn't say perceive, didn't say there was guessing involved. He said, when you see this, you can know something. You can know that the kingdom of God is night hand. Look how sweet the Lord is. He even said likewise. How many of you in the springtime, I live in Tulsa, man, the wintertime, the grass is brown, the trees are brown, it looks dormant. But come March or April, all of a sudden, the trees start turning, the grass starts turning. Man, it feels wonderful. Spring's coming, you know. Everybody gets out, starts working in their yard, you know, starts doing stuff. I've never seen somebody go, check it out, man, summer's not coming this year. Like what? Well the, the trees are blooming, the grass is turning, nature's preaching to me there's exactly. a change coming. Amen. I wouldn't be stupid enough to go, well, I don't believe that. There's no way summer's coming this summer. There's no way. No, the grass is telling me it's coming. He said, just as bold as you are about that, likewise, yeah. when you see Israel made a nation, you see Jerusalem one back, when you see these things, you can know that the kingdom of God is nigh at hand. Now the next verse is the ticker. You ready? Look at verse 32. You ready? He said, Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass away till all is fulfilled. Woo, giddy up. Hallelujah. So what, what generation? The one that sees Israel made a nation in Jerusalem one back. That's pretty radical. And I hear people go, I don't believe that. It don't matter. <laughs> I hear people go, I'm not comfortable with that. It still doesn't matter. <laughs> the Lord's so sweet. He's going to tell you what it's going to look like right before He comes. So that's two signs we'll get into, but we got about 50. Number one, Israel made a nation. Number two, Jerusalem won back. Jesus said, if you see those things, you're it. Tag, you're it. Now remember, the whole purpose is, when we see these signs, is to accelerate. Not to go, oh my God, we get to get out of here. Which it's wonderful to get to be raptured. But the thing is, is to hustle before we leave. The m- number one purpose about getting signs about his return is, just like we were talking about last night, let's say a groom's getting ready to get married and his, his bride's walking down, the, uh, she's walking down the aisle, and that's the most exciting part of his life, all the anticipation of just about to get married. Could you imagine his bride walking down the aisle like this? You know, she's all dirty and beat up and shooting up a heroin in her arm. And she's like, oh, my God, another one bites the dust. I'm about to get married. Could you imagine? You kind of want her to be excited about getting married. Yeah. Jesus wants you to be excited about. It. You're getting ready to walk down the aisle. Yes. Yeah. You're going to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Man. You, you, so He wants us expectant. So He's making it super, super clear. So let's look at this. Let's just dive into it a little bit. Watch what He says in verse 30. When they now shoot forth, you see and know of your own selves. Hmm. And Now Brother Hagin, uh, I went to Rhema years ago, and I, I love that Brother Hagin's ministry is just sowing the Word, sowing the Word without any fanfare whatsoever. Okay? He said there'd be a spirit of seeing, and a spirit of knowing on the church. Where would that come from? That verse right there. So hang with me, run with me mentally for a minute. Okay, just run with me. A lot of info, but buzz with me just a little bit. Everybody say caffeine. (laughs) 1917, Allenby, an Australian general, flies into Israel. Okay. They passed out leaflets. Allenby's coming, Allenby's coming. They didn't even know what it meant. In Arabic, Allenby meant a prophet sent from God to deliver you your land. So, they dropped their weapons, turned the land over to to the British government, and they did what's called the Balfour Declaration, okay? The land belongs to Israel now, 1917, all right? Same year, Kenneth Hagin's born in 1917. The Lord Lord appears to His mother, uh, uh, tells tells her to name him John. She goes, I don't like that name, I'll name him Kenneth. Don't you love that? Jesus specifically stands there and goes, name your kid this. And He's like, yeah, whatever, I don't like that name. But anyway... (laughs) And uh, so, so and, she, and the Lord tells his mother he would have a part, not everything, but a part in getting the earth ready for the second coming of the Lord. Now, I preached in Rhema, Australia. I preached in Rhema, Italy. Rhema, Norway. Rhema, France. Rhema, name a country, there's not a Rhema where Brother Hagen's ministry has affected it. Okay? Look, you should hear what the word Hagen means in the Hebrew one, to go before a pair people for the coming of the Lord. It's identical to John the Baptist. So you got tangible things here. Now that was 1917. One Jubilee later, 50 years later, Jerusalem's won back. So there, there's some timing here that we, we're living when our Father is doing certain things to get the earth ready for, for, for the tribulation period. Why is the tribulation period a big deal? Jesus is going to reveal Himself to His brethren just like Joseph did. So you got a seven-year period of getting them ready for that. Do you feel that when you say that? That's a big deal to him. So, so the tribulation period is going to be fireworks. I say it this way: When high school, when I was dating girls, I had a certain spot on every date. I'd pull over and get out of the car and shoot Roman candles off. I'd say, "You can't say you didn't go out with me and didn't see fireworks." Praise the Lord. Amen. I didn't do it once, I did it many times, praise the Lord. So the Lord's so sweet, He's going to have seven years of fireworks. So you've watched Russia come down into Crimea, Russia going into the Ukraine, Russia come into Syria, you've got Russia, Russian bases all over Syria, you've got Iranian bases all over Syria. Why is that a big deal? Those are all the nations that are going to attack Israel right after we're raptured. So the setup for that is happening right in front of our eyes. So, wow, we should be thumping our neighbor. Man, we're about to see Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, should, we should be waking up our dog, thump our neighbor, get your grandma, do whatever. The Lord's about to come back. Now, the reason why we do this, hang with me because I'm, I'm going to get to all the signs real quick. But my daughter in high school, she's a cross-country runner. And she trained every day, four or five miles a day. I trained with her on my motorcycle. I'd go right there by her. You're doing good, Lauren. You're doing good. And she, she could run five miles not even be tired. So she trained to keep her stamina so good. So in all the cross-country events, I would come on a Saturday, and I'd get there to her events. You know, I don't, I don't think I missed one. I'd, I'd leave every Saturday and go preach. I'd get to the first mile marker on about a five-mile race. Lauren would come running up. How far, Daddy? How far, Daddy? I said, Lauren, pace yourself. you got three or four more miles. I'd cut across the field. Get to another mile marker. She'd go, how far, Daddy? How far, Daddy? you got two more miles. Pace yourself. I'd cut to the last mile marker. Lauren would come running up. She wouldn't say, how far, Daddy? She saw the finish line. Her countenance changed. All that, all that training was for right there. I've never seen someone look at the finish line and go, hmm, let me see, is that really the finish line? That's what people are doing in the church now. Can you really be sure it's the finish line? How many signs do we need? we got sign after sign after sign after Come sign. On. So I didn't have to tell Lauren to run faster. I started screaming, run, Lauren, run, because she's at the end. So you can, feel, you can feel that heavenly call for all of us to pick up all those things that God's given us over the years. Yeah. Oh, I could preach on that, dear Jesus. All those things He's given us, let's let's pick those things up. Different mantles, different anointings, different graces that may have been 50 years ago. And go, no, that was great for 1950, but you know the Bible says I'll do the works of Jesus. So we harvest in a style that's Jesus style. (laughs) Amen. 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 All right, let's go through the other signs, because, man, I could divert right there, but I'm not going to divert. I want to keep going on the path. All right, so those are two big ones. there's, There's a lot to get into about all those. But the next sign would be the Hebrew language restored. Because God said right before the coming of the Lord He'd restore to them a pure language. You can Google it. Try to find people speaking Amorite, can't find it. Find them speaking Hittite, can't find it. Find them speaking Canaanite, can't find it. But you can find them speaking Hebrew because God said right before the coming of the Lord I'll I'll renew to them a pure language. I was in Israel years ago. One of the times I was there my buddy said, okay, Joe we're going to go meet with Ariel Sharon. I was so nervous. I'm, I'm a hillbilly from a small town in Louisiana. I'm thinking, I'm going to go meet with Ariel Sharon. I was nervous, you know. So I went in that room, leather chairs, black and white pictures, you know. I'm thinking, what in the world am I doing in here to meet with Ariel Sharon, the Prime Minister of Israel? And I thought, well, I was nervous. So I thought I'll grabbed me a pencil before they come in because I want some Hebrew writing on it. It's so cool, you know. So I grabbed a pencil, and it was made in Iowa. I thought, well, that's a bummer. I, I want a Hebrew pencil, you know. <laughs> but, but, but my Iowa pencil was standing there, and I could hear them walking down the hall. And I, I can't do it, but they're speaking perfect Hebrew. hundred years ago, no one spoke Hebrew. Right. Now they all speak Hebrew because God said this is what He'd do right for the coming of the Lord. So you got Israel made a nation you got Jerusalem one back. you got the language restored. The next miracle, a next sign would be the Ethiopian Jews brought back. Because God said, right for the coming of the Lord, I'll bring them back. Why would He bring them back? Remember uh, the Queen of Sheba met with Solomon after the house of the Lord was complete? What did she bring after the house of the Lord was complete? Sheba means seven. So you have a seven-year period after the house of the Lord is complete called the tribulation. She brought to Solomon 666 talents of gold. So that's the number for that seven-year period is 666. <laughs> Amen. So God said, I'm going to bring them out of Ethiopia. He goes, and in 1992, Israel sent down C-130s, 18,000 Ethiopian Jews airlifted in one day. It's the first time ever airplanes had more people on them when they landed than when they took off. Ladies were having babies on those airplanes, so they started out with 187, landed 195. Hallelujah. <laughs> Now Chuck Roberts on CNN Headline News said, An exodus that eclipses the book of Exodus. Listen, when CNN's preaching about what God's doing, you better lift up your head. The Lord's about to come back. Amen? He said, An exodus that eclipses the book of Exodus. God brought them out in one day. An American man paid uh, $30 million to do it. So you have tangible, physical things brought them back to the land. Because God said He would do that. All right, the next sign after that would be the revival of the Roman Empire. This is a cool one because it's the EU, United States of Europe. They have the woman from the book of Revelation on their money. Yeah. It bumps me out because last year I flew from Norway down to Nice. They don't even stamp your passport anymore because it's just like going from Colorado to, to Texas. You're, you're, it's the United States of Europe. But you should Google this. I got something for you to Google. Ca- Google their Capitol building in Strasbourg, France. Pretty amazing. It's not similar to the Tower of Babel. It's identical to the Tower of Babel. They built it to look just like the Tower of Babel. And their, their slogan is that we don't need God, we'll be our own God. The slogan so demonic, it's amazing. If you looked at all the markings on the inside of the building, they are all from Nebuchadnezzar. And the art out in front of the building is a molecule of iron magnified. Because Daniel saw iron and clay. So you got, you got revived Rome right there uh, uh, in front of your eyes with all the markings <laughs> uh, from Nebuchadnezzar. So they don't even realize they're doing it, but they're, they're doing it. They're fulfilling Scripture. So you got the system set up for the Antichrist. Now hang with me. There's a location in Syria called where the Assyrians are from. Last week we killed 40 troops that were Al-Qaeda troops. Russia killed troops there. Syria killed troops There. Turkey killed troops there. you got army after army after army in this little bitty section of Syria called where the Assyrians are from. Why? Because the Bible said the Antichrist will be called the Assyrian. You watch, the focal point of the earth is coming to right there because Jesus is just about to come back. Hallelujah. Okay, so we got the revival of the Roman Empire. (laughs) And uh, in in a moment I'll show you photographs of the Antichrist. No, I'm just kidding, we won't do that. (laughs) Don't you love that, guys? You watch on TV the most shocking pictures of the Antichrist. No, the Bible says, Paul said, he can't even be revealed until you leave. The church has so much authority, you can't have the Christ and the Antichrist here at the same time. So I've heard people say, well, we're in the tribulation. You can't be because the church has to depart first. And I hear people saying, well, the church has to go through the tribulation. You have so much authority, He has to take you off the earth so He can do what He wants to do because it's Old Covenant time. Right. Right. We'll get into that tonight. But So we're just privileged to watch all this. This stuff's playing out right in front of our eyes. Uh, so, so let's look, talk about a few more and then we'll get to Matthew 24 because we've got to get rocking. I, it's too easy to preach here. You guys are so hungry. <laughs> Okay, the next one's pretty crazy. Uh, I, I'm an ESPN kind of guy. I like college football. But one time I was watching the Animal Planet channel. And this Israeli ornithologist came on there. The only reason I would know what an ornithologist was, my brother was one. Went to college for nine years, studied birds birds for nine years. My dad said, what would you learn? He said, I learned how to play poker. Praise the Lord. <laughs> so, college for nine years. Praise the Lord. So this Israeli ornithologist comes on and she goes, we're shocked. We don't understand it. It's the largest gathering of predatory birds ever in history. 172 different species. She said, we don't understand it. Man, I freaked out. Because after the rapture, you have the Ezekiel 38 war. God calls on the fowl of the air yes. to come clean the land up. Ezekiel even tells them they will mark things until, until go back and deal with them later when they have better clothing on. They're radioactive. But the birds go clean the land up. Seven years later at the Battle of Armageddon, He calls on the fowl of the air again. So you got the cleanup crew in Israel right now. Wow. So you got birds in Israel waiting for this to happen. I mean, it's pretty crazy. Say so Russia's in place. Birds are in place. you got the Temple Mount Institute. This is a huge one. I, I, I'd i like to spend a long time with it, but I won't. But it's an institute in, in downtown, the old city of Jerusalem. It's a group of Jewish men. Last name's called Cohen, means priest. They've been going to school for 25 years. They have everything ready for sacrifices. They have the menorah. They have all these instruments. They needed the, the oil of anointing. They found it out where the Dead Sea Scrolls were just a few years ago. And when they did that, they, they did it to the book of Leviticus. It's identical to the book of Leviticus. So they have Everything ready. This last April, they did a sacrifice on the edge of the Temple Mount and didn't get arrested. Last year they got arrested for doing that. So there's all this pressure for for for, to get ready for after we leave. They're in position. They're not born again yet. They need Jesus. Yet they're in position. So if birds can get in position, if Russia can get in position, if the Temple Mount isn't too in position, what's the church doing? Come on, if all these other groups that aren't even saved yet are doing what they're supposed to do, how much more the church should be doing what we're supposed to do? Amen? Come on now. So there's so much more there, but I I want to keep moving. So you have that group ready. Okay, this last week, this was two weeks ago. You had foxes on the Temple Mount from Lamentations 5.8, that the Temple Mount would be so desolate that foxes would be there. It was on the front page of the Jerusalem Post. Why? The rabbis freaked out. They said, guess what? It's the, um, the time is right now for the next Temple. So, so having those foxes there, so you got birds in place, foxes in place, Russia in place, Temple Mount Institute in place. So what's the church doing? church kind of like, is it really the last days? Really? Really? Yeah. Is it really? <laughs> Tell tell me if the Lord's coming. Is the Lord really coming? I mean, that's kind of been the consensus. I had a famous minister tell me, he said, Joe, if you preach on the coming of the Lord, you'll just get everybody's hopes up. Duh, it's called the hope that purifies you even as you're pure. Come on. So we get into all this because we're about to see Him. Probably my favorite one after that is Aerosmith Stephen Tyler got saved. <laughs> Man, when the boys from Boston are getting born again, you need to look up. Jesus is coming back. <laughs> Amen. Well, think about that. Why, why would Jesus even say that? Look up. He said, When you see these things, lift up your head, for your redemption is drawing nigh, indicating you could be living when all the signs are having you are downtrodden. So his whole thought pattern about you is he wants you excited, wants you expectant, and wants you joyful. So all the signs are not just to go, Wow, the Lord's about to come back, it's to make you have an expectation that you're about to see him. So, I mean, there's about 50. That's about 10 or 12. We've got a few more I want to get into, but we've got signals now. we well, you've gone from signs to signals. Once you get into Grand Junction, if you're driving from Denver, you don't have to be told you're in Grand Junction. You've got signals, uh, signal lights, traffic lights. You're there. So there's sign, and there's sign, and sign, and sign, and sign. So you had, you had foxes on the Temple Mount. Ezekiel prophesied there'd be fish in the Dead Sea. Guess when the fish showed up? This year. <laughs> Okay so you got you got fish showing up in the dead sea you got foxes on the temple mount you have all of this stuff that's like oh my lord that's right in front of me so why why would god go to so much trouble to tell you what it's going to look like the whole book of daniel whole book of revelation so that we wouldn't get to the very end and go i don't really believe i'm about to see the lord no, he wants you to having that re- running through your soul. I'm about to see Jesus. Because you know what? If you thought the Lord was coming tomorrow, you wouldn't be. You wouldn't be like this tonight. Hey, how's it going? No, you'd be sweeter. You'd be kinder. You'd be more merciful. Come on. If you thought you're about to meet Jesus, you. I mean, someone pulls out in front of you and go. I'm going. No, you keep that stuff to a minimum because you're about to see Jesus. I would hope we'd have enough brains to make changes in our lives when we're about to see Jesus. All right, let's run to Matthew 24. We've got a bunch more to get into, so let's get into it for a couple minutes, and then we'll get into some signals. I won't keep you, but a few more minutes. Look at Matthew 24. Now, you've got to really remember this about Matthew 24, because there's a lot of preachers, I call them Matthew 24 preachers, they don't understand it's the Second Coming, it's not the, not the Rapture. Remember where one's taken and one's left? That's the Second Coming, that's not the Rapture of the Church because Matthew 24 is all second coming. There's no rapture in there at all. And I'll give you a little verse, which I can't believe I'm going to get into this, but a while ago in Luke 21, he said, pray that you might be accounted worthy to escape all these things and stand before the Son of Man. I don't have to pray to be accounted worthy. I am worthy. The tone changes after the resurrection. Talking to Jewish boys there, they needed to pray to be accounted worthy. I don't need to be prayed to be accounted worthy. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. Right. So see, the tone changes. Now get that, because people preach things and it produces fear. Right. Yes. Okay? Hang with me there. It produces fear. There is no bad news for us. Like the ten virgins, if you don't have oil in your lamp, you're not going up. He's not talking to the church there. No. He's talking to the world. No. I don't need oil in my lamp. I, why would I want the type when I have the maker of the oil? That's right. <laughs> wow. Okay? But see, the tone changes. You go from the Gospels to the Epistles. Once you get into the Epistles, uh, you, you're, you're Him. So you don't have to worry about being not, not making it. And then that one verse, oh gosh, I can't believe we're going to get into all this. No of that day and that hour no man knows he was basically telling them I'm coming back for you on Feast of Trumpets because you get into the epistles he said you are not in darkness so that David would overtake you as a thief talking to Jewish boys that don't know the time he said said, of that day and that hour no man knows but he was telling them I'm coming for you on Feast of Trumpets because the Feast of Trumpets was on the 29.5th day of the month that Sanhedrin would send two witnesses out the Feast of Trumpets is a three day period so they didn't know which day it was going to be a new moon so the Sanhedrin would send two witnesses out and when he sees it he declares it and there's about five things about the Feast of Trumpets it's the beginning of seven days of awe mirroring the seven years of tribulation and it's the beginning of a coronation of a king which we go to the private ceremony and then we come back with him at the public ceremony so that's the Feast of Trumpets that's a big deal because that shows you when the rapture is going to be now that freaks people out, but He said you're not in darkness that day would overtake you as a thief. Yes. Yet people will fight for the right. We just weren't taught this. Once you get into all the revelation about it, you're like, wow, this, this God, Jesus basically told them in code that the time I'm coming is a three-day period. That's why you don't know the exact day. All, I don't know about you, but man, every September, I know the weekend it is. I know when it starts in Israel, and I'm walking around. Lord, I love you because it's gonna, <laughs> it's, it's gonna be one of those three-day periods. One year, I believe. I, I could be totally wrong, but I believe the year that it's gonna happen. As we get closer to it, we'll go. Wow, I, we're we're about to be raptured. I believe you'll be having church 24 hours a day. I, I, I believe, uh, Pastor John, I go. You take the service seven to nine. You take it nine to eleven. You take it one to three. You take it three to five. You take it five to seven. And we got people running in. I believe there'll be an explosion right before we're. Caught up and people are running into church. Amen. So Jesus gets into a little bit here in Matthew 24, because I want to get to the signals for just a second. Matthew 24 here, in verse 1, Jesus went out and departed the temple, and the disciples came to him to show him the buildings of the temple. Verse 2 of chapter 24. Jesus says, See not all these things, verily I say unto you, there shall not be left here one stone upon another, that shall not be thrown down. As he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately and said, Man, tell us when's this going to be? What'll be what, what's going to be the sign of your coming into the world at the end of the age? Jesus said, Let no take heed, that no man deceive you. Many you'll come in my name, saying I'm Christ, and shall deceive many. You'll hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you're not troubled. All these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Nations shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There'll be famines, there'll be pestilence, there'll be earthquakes in divers places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Mark in your Bible there at verse 9. The tribulation starts in verse 9 and goes to verse twenty-two. He said, All these are the beginning of sorrows. That's the word birth pains. So he basically said, there's going to be so much pressure coming on the earth, it'll be like a woman going into, into contractions. Have you ever seen a woman start having contractions and she ignored it? No. no. <laughs> Could you imagine, the, the lady goes in and con- starts having contractions. She, oh, let's play golf. No. Uh, <laughs> let's go skiing. No. <laughs> the contractions are so severe they take over, don't they? Right. They're obvious. There's no way you can get around it. Jesus compared this time to be just like what contractions were, that they'd be so obvious. Earthquakes in diverse places. Guess what the number one place for earthquakes is in the world right now? Oklahoma, where the wind comes sweeping down the plains. I moved from California back to Oklahoma. I'm sitting in my house in Oklahoma. My pictures started moving off the walls. I said, are we in an earthquake? And Colleen, my wife's from Los Angeles. She goes, this is an earthquake. I'm like, I don't know what to do. The walls are going like this. The pictures are swinging out. More earthquakes in Oklahoma last year than anywhere in the world. (laughs) This is how real this is. I was in Israel a few years ago, and I took a tour with me over there. I'd taken tours several years, but I met up with another tour. I'm in the Garden of Gethsemane where this is happening, where Matthew 24, Jesus is talking to them. And I'm thinking, man, the Garden of Gethsemane, Gethsemane means the olive press. So I'm freaked out that I'm in that area where Jesus had all that pressure on him. It's just, it overwhelms you. And the lady with her tour, as I met up with her tour, she said, Joe, I want you to do communion. I couldn't remember where the communion verses were. I kind of panicked. I'm like, that's 1 Corinthians 11, I know that now, but while they're all waiting for you in the Garden of do communion, I'm like, oh my God, I don't know where the verses are. <laughs> so I started panicking. All of a sudden I had discerning of spirits happen. I looked up over the Temple Mount and saw angels everywhere. And I knew it was the most most active area of angels and demons on the planet right there. And I told my buddy Tom DeMont, a pastor friend of mine, I said, Dude, I just had an open vision. I saw angels all over the Temple Mount. He said, You better come back to Earth. You've got to do communion. You know how your buddies keep you grounded, you know? <laughs> and uh, he, got, he goes, you got to do communion. Come on back, buddy. So right about then, it was the lady, Billy Brim. She goes, she goes uh, Phil Halverson was right here in the Garden of Gethsemane, had an open vision over the Temple Mount, saw angels and demons, said it's the most active area of angels and demons on the whole planet. I told Tom, I said, See, I'm not crazy. (laughs) See, what is that? That's Jacob's ladder. Mm -hmm. See, this stuff is real. It's real. He came. He died. God raised him from the dead and He's coming back again. And my friend, at the second coming, the rapture of the church, we're going to go up, we're going to be changed. This mortal is going to put on immortality. We've borne the image of the earthy. We're going to bear the image of the heavenly, and we shall be changed. But my friend, there's coming a day. We go to the reward seat of Christ, marriage supper of the Lamb, and all of a sudden it's going to be a day that no man knows. It'll neither be night nor day, and the heavens are going to unfold. Nature is going to get in position. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess. And all of a sudden, Jesus is going to get on that white horse. You're going to be right there behind Him. You talk about giddy-up, hallelujah, and all of a sudden, the brightest light that you've ever seen, ever, in the the universe is going to be heading right toward earth, and every being on the planet is going to see the King of kings and the Lord of lords coming back. The first time he came in humility, he was beaten, he was mocked, but he's coming back in power. He's coming back in glory. Come on. And you're watching everything in the earth right now. Get ready for that because the rapture is quiet but this second coming it's kaboom he's going to come back put his foot right there on the Mount of Olives the Bible says the water is going to come from the Dead Sea up near Jesus and go out and heal all the waters there's so much life in him the water gets near him and it quickens the whole earth he's not near you he's in you yeah. Woo! come on. Amen. <laughs> Alright, so let's talk about signals for a minute because there's so much I want to get into about here. But I want to keep moving. I want to just get rocking. Let's talk about signals for about three or four minutes. Because the signals are kind of crazy. I mean, okay, we know we had blood red moons a couple years ago on what? Passover and Tabernacles, right? Okay, why is that a big deal? Those, those festivals are not Jewish festivals. They're festivals of the Lord. Okay? What were they for? They were, they were dress rehearsals for the real. So that when you saw a picture of Passover, when Jesus goes up on the cross, that's what John said the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So you got blood red moons on what? Passover. I died for you. In the second coming, it's going to be Feast of Tabernacles. He goes, I died for you, coming back. Died for you, coming back. You got flashing lights, basically, on Passover and Tabernacles. Because the Lord's so merciful, He's trying to wake everybody up. Okay, there was four in a row. When's the last time you had four in a row? What years? 1967 when Jerusalem was won back, 1948 when Israel's made a nation, 1492 at the Edict of Expulsion when the Jews were kicked out of Spain, Columbus sailed the ocean blue, in 1492. So pretty radical to have blood red moons on those exact dates. NASA calls it a Tetrad. So God's trying to go, hello, <laughs> wake up, I died for you, coming back. I remember I was in Groesbeck, Texas last year, or well, a few years ago. I was praying in tongue in March of that year in the hotel room. And I was just praying, and I started praying on April to see, April to see, April to see. So I started calling friends, okay, what's, what's the deal with April? Even though I've been preaching on the blood red moons for like five years, talking about the first one in April. So the Lord's telling me April to see, and I still haven't figured it out. So, you know, Colin and I get out in the backyard, that first blood-red moon, man, I made an outdoor fire. It was cold, Tulsa. Had an outdoor fire right there. I looked up right at Passover when Jesus is on the cross. The moon turns blood-red. And the Lord said, I told you you'd see in April. I go, that what you're talking about? He goes, I made the moon turn blood-red for you on the day my son was killed, and you still didn't get it. See, so we, I preach on this, and it wasn't good enough for me. We want fanfare. So the signals are like God's going like this. <laughs> All right, you had blood-red moons. The gap between the last two were 19 years and 48 years. What does that sound like, 1948? I told the Lord, you're just showing off now. Come on, man. This is crazy. I'll give you some homework. You need to look at the Bethlehem Star, because I want to give you that one next. There's a bonus feature that's absolutely amazing. All right, the Bethlehem Star uh, was pretty cool, because that happened when Jesus was born. Remember the Magi came to Bethlehem. Why? Because they knew a king was going to be born. How would they know? You had Jupiter, king star. Regulus, Regal, King Planet, and Venus. Men are from Mars, women, are from, women are from Venus. Yeah, Jupiter, Regulus, Venus, all coming together at the birth of Jesus. So the Magi, they're riding by camel for 700 miles. Now if I told my buddies we're going to go on a motorcycle ride and, I, and there's going to be something really cool at the end, they'd go, it better be really cool. Because <laughs> if I'm going to ride 700 miles, this better be over the top. Well, those Magi come pulling into Jerusalem, and there comes Jupiter, there comes Regulus, there comes Venus because the king, king was born. What was the constellation, Virgo? This last year, NBC Nightly News. So we have a celestial event. Jupiter, Regulus, Venus, Bethlehem star. First time in 2,000 years. What was the constellation, Leo? He's the lion of the tribe of Judah. So you've got the heavens declaring the glory of God. In other words, it defies language, it says in Psalms. So in other words, it doesn't matter what language you are, you can tell something's up. And then even after that, you had Mercury do a fly by the sun, went down directly over the Temple Mount at sundown. You had the Revelation 12 sign on September 23rd. You got many more heavenly signals because the Lord's about to come back. So what do we do? What what do we do as a church? I'm all in. We don't fit church into our life. It is our life. You know, I, I know people right now, they go to church once a month and think they're the most faithful people on the planet. I mean, that just doesn't work. I'm not trying to be ornery. I'm just saying feed feed a baby once a month and see how it develops. It doesn't develop. His growth is retarded. Most of the church is spiritually retarded right now. Well, that didn't go very good. Good night, everybody. Drive safely. (laughs) Start the car. I'll be right there. Come on. No, it's like I'm not saying that because some people don't see the importance of gathering together. When the Bible says specifically, when you see the day approaching, gather all the more. Why? How many of you in your jobs they tell you? You know what? Your whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. Greater is He that's in you. He's. In you. How many of your jobs they tell you that every day? No. You've got to massively feed yourself the Word because Jesus is about to come back. Because the climate you live in right now is so satanic, you got to be all the more bolder about your walk with God. Yeah. Amen. So, you got signs of the coming of the Lord, you got signals, you got all these things that are pointing to him. Man, I'm going to give you this one, I'm going to shut up. This one freaks me out. So, don't get mad at me, okay? I'm just the messenger. <laughs> we talked about it last night. One of the signals, which is crazy, is this year, President Trump's midway point of his presidency was January 21st. At that time, it was a, that day it was a blood moon, wolf moon, super moon. I was wow. preaching in Birmingham. Blood moon, wolf moon, super moon. When Trump was born, there was a blood moon. 700 days later, Israel's made a nation. When Trump was elected, Benjamin Netanyahu had been in office seven years, seven months, seven days. When Trump was inaugurated, he was 70 years old, seven months, seven days. Wow. Wow. Moved the embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem after 70 years. All right, the rapture is going to be on Feast of Trumpets. Our president's name is Trump. Our vice president's name is Pence, Trump Pence. Our president and vice president's name mean the rapture of the church. Amen. Uh, yeah, people go, oh, that's just a coincidence. Yeah, whatever, Ted. <laughs> we'll see how that works for you. this is all uh, this is how orchestrated it is look up Bethlehem Star bonus feature two minutes long on YouTube Bethlehem Star bonus feature and look what happens exactly at 3 o'clock in the afternoon on Friday when Jesus is going home to be with the Father right there the heart of the ram goes black there's an eclipse you know when you shoot a deer you shoot under his shoulder the heart of that ram has the the eclipse go right through it and it turns black the second at 3pm when Jesus said my God my God why has thou forsaken me THE STRUCTURE OF THAT, TO SHOW YOU HOW COOL OUR DAD IS, IS PRETTY AMAZING. SO, so we're, at the, WE'RE AT THE FALL OF 2019, WE'RE, we're at the, the, GETTING READY TO GO INTO THANKSGIVING AND CHRISTMAS. LET'S, AS A CHURCH, RALLY AROUND DOING THE WILL OF GOD. I KNOW YOU'RE ALL HUNGRY, YOU'RE ALL ON FIRE, I CAN SEE IT IN YOUR CHURCH, IT'S WONDERFUL, IT'S LOVELY. MAN, TALK TO YOUR FRIENDS, TALK TO YOUR NEIGHBORS, THE LORD'S ABOUT TO COME BACK. SAY WHATEVER YOU CAN SAY TO WARN THEM JESUS IS ABOUT TO COME BACK. IT DOESN'T HAVE TO BE WEIRD OR STRANGE, THERE CAN BE A JOY TO IT, I'M ABOUT TO SEE THE KING there should be so much joy in us that people think something's mentally wrong with us. <laughs> they should go break that pill in half, buddy. <laughs> they should, because we're about to see him. It doesn't get any cooler than that. There is nothing that's going to top what's getting ready to happen to us. Forever in your life, you'll, you'll never say, I'm bored. Uh, you're getting ready, your vocabulary is about to change. This is lame. You'll never say, this is lame. This is bored. No, it's going to be, bam, we're in the presence of the Lord. So let's pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you for all these signs. Thank you for all the signals. Help us, Father, as believers, uh, accelerate in our pace. Help us do the works of Jesus. Lord, we love you. We honor you. We bless you. We magnify you. You're our King. You're our King, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We reverence you right now before we leave. We surrender our hearts right now before we leave. And Lord, we even say, Lord, whatever you have for us to do, we'll do it. We'll re recommitted to doing the bidding of the Father. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen.